George Floyd should still be here today. While we celebrate the guilty verdict in George Floyd's honor, we acknowledge that this is not justice. Up until the verdict was announced, people, especially black people, were nervous because history has demonstrated that white police officers have the freedom to kill black people with impunity. I would not be giving any thanks to a system for delivering a fair and just result. That would suggest that the system is good and effective, which would only serve to extend its own life, when ultimately the system should be asphyxiated. Black people in America have been subject to racial terror of the police and other state-sanctioned violence for as long as we can remember. So, while we rejoice in the outcome, we recognize that the fight is far from over and we must not let up. Just four years ago, again in Minnesota, the officer who killed Philando Castillo was found not guilty. The officer responsible for Breonna Taylor's death have not been charged. Just last week, it was announced that the police officer who shot Jacob Blake, leaving him paralyzed, was cleared of any criminal wrongdoing and has since returned to duty. And the list goes on. Police have the privilege of protection from the state in ways black people do not. And I say this as someone who previously worked in law enforcement. White people too have the privilege of protection from the state in ways that black people do not. We see this time and time again with heavily armed white men who are taken into custody unscathed. Some who have even been violent with police officers and some who have resisted arrest. Certainly some who have ran. George Floyd was publicly lynched. There's no doubt in my mind about that. While Derek Chauvin physically carried out the assault, it's not a single doer. The entire system is culpable. In order for this to stop, we must gut our racist system and start from scratch. Like a home with a bad foundation, you can make repairs that will only serve temporary band-aids and you will continue to have issues. That's reform. Reform is not a long-term solution. In order to ultimately achieve liberation for black people, these systems must be completely demolished and rebuilt. It is clear to me today, just as it was before the verdict, that our demands must be for nothing less. We continue our mission of transforming the lives of the most marginalized population in society, black men between the ages of 18 and 30. While the ultimate goal is to dismantle all racist systems, the reality is these systems are meant to keep you jumping men down are still in place. Part of our program model, titled The Theory of Transformation, which all you jumping men receive, is education on how to navigate these systems and come out on top. Simultaneously, the Ujama men and our entire organization remain steadfast in advocating for the changes we want to see. We stand in solidarity with others in the trenches and invite requests to assist in moving in any way we can. Wishing love, light, and healing to our beloved community. Godspeed, Otis. Welcome to a Black Man's Sketch, Episode 21, The Verdict. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was convicted on all three counts of murder, 
second degree murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter. Good morning, my brothers. Thank you for this morning for episode good morning, 21. Good morning. Hey, good morning, all. Good to see you, brother, this morning. The verdict is in. Absolutely. Yes, I think uh, the moment will be one of those incidents that will be an infamy that we all will know where we were when that verdict was read. I just want to give a shout out to the Ujama staff that was assembled, the emotional outlet that was the release that we had, and uh, on demand the calls that we got uh, from supporters. So I just want to thank thank Jane and Andrea and Ellen and Kathleen for those calls of support that were so meaningful. Brothers, let me start out by asking you, were you surprised? Uh, I'd have to answer that immediately, yes. I was very surprised. There was a lot of nervousness. There was a lot of, uh, um, just, we were just worried. Mm-hmm. We were just so worried because I was alive in 1992 and I remember the verdict that was passed for Rodney King and how all four of them got acquitted with the same video, 56 baton hits, and I seen it before. So I was just scared and I know the younger generation probably didn't witness that. I know they heard of it, but you know, some of us. So yes, I was, I was definitely surprised. Uh, good morning. Um, yes, um, I also was very surprised, in fact, to, to see history actually uh, occurring for all of us. Um, throughout the whole week, I had uh, been filled with anxiety. Hmm. Um, restless sleep a little bit, just, just been on your mind. And as I was sharing in the previous episodes of discussing this state versus Derek Chauvin, that I didn't become numb to anything that I witnessed. It continued to hurt and it continued to hurt and not in a way that I couldn't watch, but it, I felt this need to connect to this pain that this young brother was feeling and that so many uh, that have experienced. So I was very, very surprised. Um, I felt real similar, to be honest, um, the same time after the election or prior to the election. Mm-hmm. Um, that same concern for our country um, to see more than 8 million people vote uh, for Mr. Trump uh, blew me away. It makes you scared. Um, that, that, that. And so that's that same feeling I had uh, when they released the verdict. Um, I was so blessed to be here at work at Ujamaa Place. Uh, we were all piled up in my office, I believe, watching it. The CEO, our program director, our housing coordinator, we just all piled up, just like waiting for, you know, it was just, and each verdict that came down, you heard screams and you heard, you know, and, and by the time the third man, second degree manslaughter came, we were in tears. We were in tears. Yes. for the relief. So that was, that was part of my experience. Yep. Uh, I can definitely say I was surprised, extremely surprised actually. Uh, I can relate to the anxiety, just having conversations with my brothers and my father, just about the eyes of history are watching us, especially with us being residents of Minnesota, this being one of the epicenters of numerous um, police brutality acts, and, you know what I'm saying? So I was extremely anxious all week. I can relate to the can't really eat. Like, I'm eating, but I'm not really eating. It's like I'm sleeping, but I'm kind of awake. It's just heavy on you. But, um, yeah, I was definitely surprised. I was uh, 
jubilant. I was at work, but <laughs> definitely I was more happy than anything. I think the part where it gets emotional is like just seeing like my grandparents and you know what I'm saying and knowing how they feel or even my parents just knowing like the older generation who really got to like, feel the pain in a different way because yes. I feel like the onslaught you know it was it was definitely at a different magnitude 40 years ago and years before that so absolutely I feel uh thankful gratitude to like be part of the generation I guess who like you know in the midst of my youth such a landmark you know, verdict has came down and it's like, I feel motivated in a special way to be able to like, take this torch to the next level in a way that people before me weren't able to because they weren't getting these verdicts or, you know, they didn't, this is an opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's how I felt about it. Well, um, yeah, I was absolutely surprised. Part of it being that I'm not exactly an optimist and I've seen how history has played out when it's come to these cases. So when I heard guilty on all three charges, like my brain literally went into, you know what? If they don't find them guilty, the cities will burn up. If they do, everybody's gonna turn up. So it's either a burn up or turn up situation. It was like being at work watching this take place, it was like I'm either gonna end up going home early because there's going to be a curfew. And if there's going to be a curfew, there's going to be chaos. And it was like, okay, well, let's just watch and see how this judge plays it off. Yes. Granted, watching how this case is unfolded in front of us, we watched the police come out and testify against this man themselves. His own colleagues had turned and actually testified against him. So it was like, okay, now that the police are testifying, we might get something other than what we've seen throughout history. And it's like, we've watched things like, if you remember the book To Kill a Mockingbird, we saw them take that black man to jail and literally lynch him before he could even be sentenced. Mm -hmm. We watched George Floyd be lynched for 10 minutes, and we finally got some sense of justice. Mm -hmm. But this is only the start. Mm -hmm. Now, this isn't about getting complete and total everything. This is only the start to breaking down a corrupt system and holding everybody accountable. Yes. That is key. Now, this trial was televised. We all get a chance to witness the prosecution make his case and uh, must watch television. When the, when the case was given to the jury, were you surprised that it only took 10 hours to reach this conclusion? I felt like um, I was surprised initially, but I believe that those people, those jurors selected, they, they understood the duty placed on them to society, you know, they understood that this isn't just a regular case. So uh, another sense of gratitude that they did take that duty seriously and, you know what I'm saying, that they dedicated themselves to justice and the form that they could serve it. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised. Actually, I was surprised it came out that quick. I was absolutely not surprised at how fast it was. Part of the reason being is, like, the video went viral. Like, literally in less than a day, the video had touched almost the entire world. So if you saw this video, unless you have zero conscience or zero heart for anything that actually needs to be done on the sense of justice, yeah. then this being as fast as it was, it probably should have taken a lot less. Yes. The fact that this trial was four weeks should show you it's like, it should have taken a lot less time to actually handle Well, one of the things that I, and I agree, um, I, I, I was mixed. I was surprised, but not surprised. Um, mainly, like you said, uh, Ryan, it's, the evidence was so overwhelming that I don't think it should have took that long. 
I think from the very beginning when the jurors were selected, I would personally be in prayerful on a regular basis about my creator changing people's hearts and letting these people in the jury call it for what it was supposed to be called for. And, and as I was sharing earlier, the election, and I was around, you know, Gary L mentioned about uh, Ronnie King. I was in Southern California myself at the same time. And uh, to watch them police officers uh, do what they do and walked, uh, I saw the disruption in that Southern California was crazy. Mm -hmm. Received pay raises. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. Promotions. Um, and that was one of my fears, is that uh, the other day I thought that's what was going to happen here yeah. at our home. You know, another uh, outstanding moment of this process was when the uh, request was made to revoke bail. Tell me about your feelings when, when the judge Cahill decided to revoke. Get him! Ah, in all humility, it was like it, I thought I was watching a documentary because. You've never actually seen that connection. You know, the guilty and then to actually see. Bail is revoked. Remand him to the property of the county. And to see them handcuffs immediately put on him. Behind his back. Behind his back. Not in front as if it was a form of respect. Behind his back like they properly supposed to do it. Like they have done in all of history. It was amazing. I watched that part over and over. I just watched it over and over because they need to feel that. They need to experience that, especially um, after what you did or after what many of your colleagues have done. I hope the colleagues really watched that. For me, for me, that was seeing that part was the most was the was the most part that I connected with just because, you know, the aspect of my life and you know what I'm saying? The things that I've had to endure. So well, I know as soon as he said what he said and he got them cuffs on, I know he seen that elevator, had to go downstairs. What size boxers are you? They gave him some brown boxers. I just, it, it felt good to know that because he deserved to be there. You know what I'm saying? They gave him some socks that come all the way to his kneecap and he like, what the, you know, got to sit in the cold for welcome. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is the system supposedly designed to punish people. For committing wrong guys, and you've committed a crime. And you've been found guilty of a crime. And held accountable for it. Yes, sir. You know, in this case, I guess there's no way to really be humble about it. But when I saw them put him in cuffs, and I mean, I literally rewound this video at least six times now just to watch it over and over, just to watch the cuffs immediately go on. Because never in the time that I have been arrested have I ever had cuffs put in front of me. They've always been behind my back. And it was like, oh. Well, there right. we go. Right. So, like, there's not much that could actually process. It was like, they really put the cuss behind mm -hmm. this man's back. Mm -hmm. With the suit on. Exactly. And part of me felt like, you know, Tiger Woods it. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was like, they finally got somebody. Yeah. But again, it's about accountability. So next is the other cops who were involved. I mean, and I'm cops who have been involved in other shootings thus far. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the things that stood out to me, and uh, we shared this after, is that uh, the white privileged look on his face mm -hmm. when it runs Ooh. out. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. The look on his face that's like, wait a minute now, this isn't supposed to be happening to me. And then I think just like in a representative way, like it's not so much uh, me being a young black man who's been to jail, seeing a white cop go to jail that made me happy. It was, it was kind of like symbolic that you know finally 
they someone who's been putting my people in chains and you know executing us wrongfully and you know persecuting us yeah. it's fine it's like accountability the chains of accountability and for me they've been chains of weight that you know yeah. unmeasurable weight so it feels good you know when you were used to word accountability we knew this was not a singular trial we know that it wasn't about Derek Chauvin. Mm -hmm. What's on what's on trial around the world was about justice. Uh, could justice be served? Could justice be served? Could uh, is it possible that a that a white cop could be convicted of killing a black man? To that extent, as we have seen events that have unfolded since that verdict, or even right before the verdict in our own hometown. We gonna close this session out for you guys giving us what's justice served. Talk about justice served. Um, I believe in uh, as far as one as far as Chauvin and the case of um, George Floyd. I believe that partial justice was served because uh, for me, and this is my personal opinion, I don't believe that full justice is served until we're able as like my community and you know my generation and so we're able to like use this legacy use George Floyd as the stepping stone for the next thing that we do you know what I'm saying that's justice you know what I'm saying that's how you give somebody's legacy due justice and due diligence you know what I'm saying I believe that the criminal justice reform and the system reform part of this case is just one part of it you know what I'm saying it, it goes into us as a community you know what I'm saying because now you know we're supposedly seeing steps of justice you know what i'm saying and it feels good to us but we also have to hold ourselves accountable and be able to take those next steps to you know what i'm saying be successful so i feel like justice is served when we continue to do what we're doing the justice system but also when we look at ourselves and figure out as a community how can we further ourselves for george floyd and for brianna taylor and for the numerous other names yeah and, and when you ask that question has justice been served um I believe accountability has been served. Um, I think there's too much justice unserved for this one circumstance to be justice served. Uh, as you said, Cedric, this is the beginning start. As you said, Ryan, it's about beginning and cleaning out from the asphyxiation portion that needs that occur in the legal system and the criminal justice system. And I think. Otis, you mentioned that when we first began this podcast that in reality, yes, Chauvin is the face, but the criminal justice system and the legal system, that is what was on trial. I agree with you, uh, Darnell. I believe the whole system was on trial. Like Otis said, it was white supremacy on trial right then. It was white privilege on trial right then. It was police forces around the nation on trial right then. And I believe that, like that look you said the European uh, Chauvin had when he was uh, getting the cuffs, like a look of surprise, like it's probably because he remembered all the other cops that went and walked free and probably figured immediately, well, sure, I know I'm in the good. He didn't look worried in that court for all those three weeks. And uh, as far as justice being served, I actually believe justice was served accordingly to the charges that he had. Guilty on all three. Those were the charges that were given to him. I thank Attorney Keith Ellison, the whole prosecution. I thank all of them for putting in that work. Beautiful. I also think justice was served with the family. They received a nice portion of money. I don't need to speak on that part. 
but they were, they were awarded some, some finances to help their family out. But ultimately, I believe it was served because the Department of Justice uh, commenced a federal investigation of the Minneapolis Police de Department. A federal, and, and if you've been paying attention, they have already found uh, past discriminations, not only against Chauvin, but other police officers, and they're getting down to business and they're letting the community know what they have found. All right. Um, I'd say I agree with Gary L on this one because justice can't never really be completely served in a case where justice has never been given to us on an equal standpoint. So for everything that has happened in the past, yeah, he was given accountability for what it was that he did. But the police, as long as we have known them, have been corrupted against us. It was never to protect and serve us. It was always to collect and return. So for all these years that we were put in change, you have to understand that looking at how the justice system works on a Libra scale, you have to outweigh the good and the bad. And the bad always outweighs the good in our case. Yes. So was justice served? Justice was served accordingly to the situation. Absolutely. We realized this was a, this trial should start a movement. It should start moving the needle of reform, social justice reform, racial reform, and you're right, we are seeing it in our midst with the Department of Justice coming in to looking at a historically white supremacist-ran police department. So as we move forward here, uh, we close out this whole segment that we had on this trial here. I'd like to give each of your brothers an opportunity to give you a closing thought of a summary of our gathering here for the last four weeks as we went through watching this trial, uh, digesting this trial, and looking at hope, looking at optimism, looking at dismay. So let me just go around the room and have each of you give us uh, your closing summary. The first thing I think of was, I can't help it, Martin Luther King. He said he had a dream that one day people would be judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Well, I mean, I guess the only thing I can think of at this point is that progress is a process. This isn't something that's going to change overnight. Um, well, for me, um, I feel like it's due process to be able to uh, thank you, Jama Place, and all the coordinators, um, Monique, other people, Otis, who've been involved and had me involved in this, gave me an opportunity to share perspective. Um, I feel like, you know, this case, I walk away kind of like, um, I'm just be real. I feel kind of like cheated. Like I won a game, but I put the sliders all the way up or something. Like I cheated. Like it feels like like a small, like a small victory. But at the same time, I'm heavy hearted because all the other things that are still going on in the country. But uh, I can say that this trial has lit a new motivation in me, and I'm also motivated by the verdict in this trial and everything else, and by the legacy that these people are you know, leave them behind. Um, and that's really how I feel about it. I just feel like it's important for us in the community to be really mindful and diligent about moving forward about this and using, instead of saying their names for justice now in the criminal system, yes, let's use it for justice on other fronts. You know what I'm saying? Let's just push the agenda forward so that we can be equal 
Yes, Yes. yes. Um, I would like to end with just saying that um, even with the, the trial going on, and, and uh, we could easily get focused on the trial, um, but it's real evident that it's nationwide that this law enforcement um, inaccurate training is evident because shootings are still occurring as the trial was going. Mm. Um, so that tells you how deep-rooted uh, the inaccurate training uh, techniques that are utilized and, and those sort of things. So uh, we also take a, a, a deep uh, breath uh, as in we're relieved, but uh, it's time to get back to work. Mm. Adding into what you said before we close out. Like you said, there were shootings that went on during the case. Dante was killed. And I feel like the same unity that we had when George was actually murdered is the same unity that we need to have moving forward. Yes. Because without the unity that we had at that point in time, we can never step forward and actually make them look at us and see that we are something different than what they already had envisioned of us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well Absolutely. It's been a pleasure spending this time with you during this uh, state versus Derek Chauvin. And we wrap up with the verdict. I'd be remiss to laugh and give each of you just one word. Give me just one word that describes your feelings today. Quickly, just if you describe how you feel right now, what's that one word? Relief. Relief. Inspired. Inspired. Exhilarated. Exhilarated. Relief. Relief. And my word is, I'm being hopeful. Brother, I want to thank you. Uh, That's going to wrap up the special four-part series of the State versus Derek Chauvin trial in the Black Man Sketch. Thank you all for your time.